And at this point, our van was really, really old. We called it the the Club Woog, but it was, the, it was a club wagon. So the Club Woog was just like so beaten and it didn't have heat anymore. So we would light candles all around the van. And what? <laughs> yeah, candles. And, and I would keep those little tea light candles. I would like tuck them into the toe of my shoe and like get my shoe really hot and put it back on and stuff like that. Welcome back to another episode of Banecdotes, Bannock Folks. You're listening to the host, Phil Paxton, who's holding it down for the underground sound here in Ontario, showcasing all sorts of unsigned underground acts from genres such as hardcore, punk, screamo, metal, thrash, you name it, we've got it on here. I'm trying to do the best I can to feature all the cool stuff that's going on in Ontario within our music scene, especially during this pandemic, because, uh, you know, I have the time on my hand. I'm not playing shows. So, and speaking about playing shows, Sinner's got some shows coming up in October, COVID permitting. Uh, we got some shows going on. Uh, it's a weekend coming up. It's the long weekend in October, which is nice. We'll be in Toronto, uh, October 9th. Uh, at the Bovine Sex Club with their homies and twin rivals and gouge out. Make sure you get uh, the tickets online before uh, you show up. There's no physical tickets, so make sure you go click through. Only like uh, 20-something-odd capacity. I don't know. Make this place go bananas because, uh, you know what, this will be our first show since the the Halloween live streams that, that we did last year. So let's 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 set it off right. And, and then the following day, we're in uh, Hamilton, October 10th, at Doors Pub, the Taco and Metal Pub, uh, down near Hess Village, with Anariatha, Scabs Off, uh, absorb and uh, we're gonna make that place go lit it's gonna get popping off and uh, it's gonna be a good time hopefully uh, hopefully all could come out to those shows Bannock dotes merch that's right folks I've got t-shirts right now and if you want to support the show the best way to do that is to pick up a shirt off me if you're from the area if you're Niagara local I will deliver them to you Personally, and if you're outside the area, we'll make something happen and we'll uh, figure out the postage. Uh, if you want to check out the design, uh, you can go to our Instagram at Banecdotes, B-A-N-T-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. If you want to be a guest on the show, if you want to be a part of the show in any capacity, shoot me an email, banecdotes at gmail.com. We do these new music of the month episodes at the end of the month, the last Fridays of the month, where I feature all sorts of new music that's come out of Ontario within that month. Uh, or or late uh, uh, the the previous month because you know every Friday doesn't always land on the last week so sometimes I miss some of the new stuff that drops at the very last you know last days of the month so uh, I do feature those I try to do my best I can but if you do have tunage make sure you send it my way and I also do these Throwback Thursday episodes where I feature all sorts of old bands that aren't even around anymore. And uh, there's hundreds. There's honestly, there's so many. And uh, I do those once a month. And uh, yeah, thank you for supporting Banecdotes. This week, my sponsor is none other than Marshmallow Pops. Have you ever asked yourself that, like, you know, instead of having a nice fruit popsicle or something like that uh, on a warm, sunny day, you wanted a, a marshmallow popsicle? These these are uh, popsicles made out of pop, uh, marshmallow, and um, you f they're frozen, and uh, 
they're they're really sweet uh, literally um, very so so those who love a sweet tooth will really enjoy it these are marshmallow pops they don't have a catchy name they didn't go with anything like that they just decided to go with the name marshmallow pops that's right marshmallow pops and you can go to marshmallowpops.com slash anecdotes and get 20 percent off of uh, an order today uh, just go there and put, type in the promo code uh, chili fill one um, l with chill and uh, or in chili and one l in philly <laughs> if you folks have any uh sponsors uh any bannock folks have any sponsors that would love to be on the show uh shoot me an email shoot me your i uh your sponsor ideas you you, you know what's going on here i don't need to spell it out here for you um shoot, shoot me your ideas Banecdotes at gmail.com or uh, hit me up directly if you've got any sponsors that would love to be uh that would love to sponsor the show. <laughs> this week, I am so f- happy to be featuring my guest. It's Ricky Pridmore. Of uh, you know, he he runs uh, Press Time uh, Screen Print and Design, uh, holding it down in Wellens. Now he's been doing that. I think he said for about eleven years, eleven or twelve years now, or something like that. He does a lot of the local screen printing for T-shirts. He does even uh, you know enamel pins, patches. Posters, he even said at one point. Um, so he does a lot of stuff. He's been supporting a lot of like I, any time that I'm been in a band within the last ten years or so. You know, it's definitely been with Sinner and Hellbent. We've we've gone with Press Time just because they offer a good deal uh, and they're just good people to work with. And uh, Ricky's also been in several bands before. He you know he messes with uh, uh, he before even Press Time was a thing. It's actually part of the reason why he got into screen printing was being in a band. Uh, he, you know, he's played in bands like the Ceremonial Snips. Um, I can't. Even, I think he played in another band after that, Dire Club, I believe, something like that. I can't remember exactly. Uh, but he, he he's been around for quite a bit. Oh, the he played in the Snips as well, of course. He he was he, you know, the Ceremonial Snips and the Snips were two different projects essentially, uh, but they stemmed from the same kind of people. Uh, so he's been around for a minute. Uh, a lot of people in the the Niagara area certainly know who Ricky is, and uh, it's always good to see him. Uh, and although he's not in a band at the moment, Ricky said that one of his favorite uh, bands that plays uh, within the area quite often is uh, D-Boy. Uh, and they're a great band. Uh, they've put out several records. They've, I've seen them live a couple times. Uh, so I, we're going to get the show started off with the great three-piece band uh, D-Boy with their song Nowhere Man off their record Live in Bellum. My D-Boy home. Sexy nowhere, man. I walk a thousand 
Hey, Ricky. So good to see you. How's your day been so far? Uh, it's been lovely. Lovely day. I had, I'm trying to do the best I can with healthier lunches. And I, well, actually, I wasn't that successful. I did have chips as my side. What kind of, what flavor? Natural, baby. Natural. Nice, nice. Yeah. And, and they are great. But I was, I was planning on, I was going to make this shrimp burrito thing with lettuce and rice for dinner so i'm like i'll have a little chips at lunch and then it turns out that me and you were getting into this i'm like oh no i'm gonna be too hungry when we're done so i'm gonna have to order something and i'm probably <laughs> gonna go down the dirt road again <laughs> how about you how's your day going my day has been pretty good can't complain i've been up early i uh yeah i i worked out in stony creek uh cut windows for a living Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Cut the frames. Uh, oh, so, okay. So you make the frames and then somebody else puts in the glass? Yeah. Oh, sick. Yeah, someone, down, cool. someone down the assembly line. Not necessarily me, but someone in the warehouse. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Uh, a, a good pal of mine, he does all that stuff too, but he does the opposite, I think. He puts the glass in. Oh, cool. So got a couple glass guys around here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Did you ever do the sandblasting in the glass? No, I haven't done that. No. He he gave me a gift once. It was so great. It was on like a, a leftover piece of glass uh, with like, it, it was in the shape of a coaster, but he sandblasted uh, a dick right into it. <laughs> it I love it. that's great uh so i've let the listeners know what you do uh but tell us in your words your role in the music community holy man you're coming in hot huh yeah damn dude i mean my role in the music community is really tough but i try and be helpful in whatever way i can whatever that may be i mean i think most people would think of me as like doing the merch side of things for them just because press time has been kicking for we're in our 12th or 13th year. Oh, crazy. No, we're, in our, we're in our 12th year. So obviously that's how I usually t- get in touch with bands. I mean, that's how we knew, know each other, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like I think that I, I try and do the best to at least prop up the bands or do whatever I can to support them. That's awesome. That's great. I, I, know, I know that's vague, but I mean... I, it's hard to sum up. Fair or, enough. I don't know. I think that was good. I think that was okay. good. <laughs> um, so I was completely obsessed with your old band ceremonial snips growing up. Like when I was really? in high school. Oh yeah, I went to all your shows. Like uh, like uh, I was talking when I was talking to Chico. Uh, like I used to go to the Red Square, the basement of Mate. Yeah, that though that that venue that was like a communist bar. I don't know if you were. Yeah, yeah. It was so, yeah it was so weird. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I've seen your band play all the time. Uh, but uh, was Snips one of your first bands? Uh, what got you started playing music? 
it was the first band and it i know that there's other bands that started this way but most of them i feel like kind of people played stuff and then they started a band this band was not that we literally were just like hey we should start a band what are you gonna play and that's how it got going me and my best friend uh verba he was our original drummer we were obsessed with the bostons and oh, cool. to be honest i wanted to be the drummer he just like got on the ball and bought drums before i did <laughs> so like things could have been way different if I would have just like got those drums first and he would have played the stupid trumpet instead or something. <laughs> and I would have got to play the drums, but he bought the drums first. And it's like, all right, well, he's the drummer then, I guess. So because we love the Boston so much, I'm like, I'll play the freaking trombone. And yeah, I just got into that. And as it evolved, it just kept going. And then the other guys that were in the band were um, two guys that went to the French school around here and i think that my my buddy that i was just telling you about verba he hooked up with these guys somehow somewhere and tony who is my other freaking bestie he played guitar i guess well i he owned a guitar he didn't play guitar. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other guys just bought stuff and yeah our singer podio him and I met, uh, I met him way earlier again with this Verba guy, but him and Podio, the singer of the, of the ceremonial snips was, they were neighbors and he ran over him with his bike. Oh, I really? Yeah. <laughs> he, he was a badass like that. <laughs> and uh, so he ran over Verba with his bike. So we weren't exactly on good terms until we hooked up in high school again in grade nine, like hit it off like crazy, like sparks flew right away. Me and, me and Podio were just like, boom, right off the hop, like best friends. And I'm like, okay, man, let's get this guy. He plays trumpet in my music class. Get him in there too. And that was that's how the band got ramp, rounded out. Was it was it music class that actually like where you started playing trumpet, or did you just buy yeah. one? No, I I was like I took music in grade nine, and that's when the band started. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I'll just take one of theirs from school. <laughs> oh. So I just. Yeah, so I just took one of those and just went to town, man. <laughs> That's right. I also played trumpet in high school. I, I ripped it. Did you? Yeah. You ripped it? Yeah. Oh, I sick. Shred it hard. Yeah. No, I used to, I, I also played uh, clarinet when I was like in grade three for a couple of years. Too. Oh, so, so you're a music guy. I man, kind of, but I, I haven't really done the, you know, I've jumped and I'm the, the, done the vocalist thing for so many years. I, as you can see, I just, just got back into drumming myself. So oh, uh, yeah, like the sheet music stuff. Uh, I haven't seen like that in a long time, but like, yeah. I'm sure if I got like a rough lesson, I'm sure I could pick it up back pretty quick. Yeah. You know, I kind of think the same thing a little bit, like anytime I pick up a, a trumpet and do a quick toot, I'm kind of like, uh, I bet if we had like a show on the books or something, I could like, I could pull this shit together, I think. <laughs> but uh, like, I, I can say this, that it's not really my passion, like playing the trumpet. It was more like just my role. Right. My passion was to like be with the guys in the band and go on tour and be in the band and like get the merch made and design the tees and book the tour and you know, meet people on the road and try pizza from every place that I possibly could. And trumpet was just kind of my vehicle to do it. Right. Like if it were up to me, like my passion is like drums. I want to like, that's what I want to do most. 
Mm-hmm. So I would have been doing that all along. And then I would have, you know, what, what do they say? I would have been eating cake and stuff. <laughs> so, but you've been drumming. I, I can see back there. You have a kid as well, yeah. so you, but you've been drumming. Yeah. That's my for... little electric kit. Nice. Oh, that's an electric kit. That's super yeah. sick. Dude. Yeah. It's just a Lisa's kit. Wow. I was telling my friend the other day about this. So like everybody's hot to trot on a Roland electric kit mm-hmm. because they're the best. But it's also just because they have like the best name. I'm sure you know all this if you're into drumming. But Alesis is like the ripoff version kind of. Okay. Except for the fact that it's just as good and it's like less than half price. Oh, wow. Like way less than half price. So like it, it was one of those things where like same thing happened to me with I have a, a Black Beauty, like a Ludwig Black Black Beauty ripoff snare. Mm-hmm. And the dude at, at Long McQuaid's like, Dude, I could sell you this Black Beauty, or I could sell you this pork pie, Big Bob, for like eight hundred dollars less. <laughs> Hit them both. Tell me if you can tell the difference. I'm like, I can't. He's like, Well, there you go. There you so go. I got a three hundred dollars snare instead of the freaking. I mean, I wanted the Ludwig one, but like they sound the same, man. So I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever, uh, whatever. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? That's right, baby. <laughs> Um, so what are some of your favorite bands in Ontario within the last couple of years or so? What's caught your attention? Holy moly. There, there's so many that come through. Um, I mean, I've been pumping the nil like crazy. Yeah. I, I've been a, a fan of the nil for a long time, but they're one of those bands. And, and I always put flatliners in this category too, because they do the same thing where I'm always convinced that their newest record is their best. <laughs> and because in my opinion, it is. And that is the same deal with the nil. I'm just like pumping fuck art all the time. I just think it's, you you know what I like about it is they give me the candy. They don't make me wait for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you want some sugar? You got it. And they just like (laughs) give it to you. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want. They're killing it. Yeah. I was going to say that, that track doom boy is like, it's just a ripping track. Boom. It's just like (laughs) hits you. (laughs) <laughs> and if you and if you don't like it it's like fine you probably won't like the rest of the record because it's all in that realm but if you do like it it's going to be on fire they're such a rad band live too they fill out that sound so Ooh. well as a three-piece man oh big time and they are tight as all hell too yeah yeah super tight i, I always say and, you know, anytime i see a three-piece i'm always like when they fill out that sound i'm always like they did it they they, they successfully did like what they needed yeah. to do they didn't need that other guitarist right <laughs> that's right yeah yeah it's all about a three-piece band you don't, you don't need more than that yeah exactly. everybody knows that <laughs> who, who are you into uh there's a i've been listening to a lot of rust they're really they're like a more of a hardcore rust. style band yeah okay okay and I've never uh, heard of them. yeah they've uh the, the 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 i've had the vocalist on here before uh he, he was a great guy to talk to uh shiko's new band sky caught fire oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah i was yeah. checking them out too they're great yeah they're they're a cool band and then yeah there's always just so much music coming out like uh like i do an episode on on the show where i'm just literally featuring all the new songs that have come out of Ontario just in that month. And sometimes it's up to like 16 songs and just in the one month, like it can be overwhelming. You know how you're like, Hey, what do you do for the music scene? 
Look at you! <laughs> yeah. Look at you doing all this stuff, man. I, I try, it. I try and do what I can. Like uh, I even do, like a, I have a Throwback Thursday episode where I even feature all the old school bands. Like I, I featured, like on the first episode, I featured Ceremonial Snips for sure. Like there was, you're you're a good boy. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, so like yeah, I'm, I'm trying to keep up with all the bands, but like there's, like I said, there's quite a bit, and there's always new bands coming out too. Yeah, big time. Oh, dude, have you checked out Tommy and the Commies? No, I haven't. They are like freaking money, dude. They are, they, again, it's similar to the nil, not, not in music, in the idea that they just like give you the cash. Like you don't have to, it's not like one of those, like there's certain bands that like kind of like draw it all out. And then by the end of it, you're like, holy huge payoff. That was totally worth it. Yeah. But they're, they're one of these bands that are just like, hey, you want to hear some good catchy stuff? here we are. And they just like <laughs> give it to you. They're from Sudbury. Um, and I don't know if they've put out a record in the last couple of years or not, but I still spin the old one now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. It's great. Oh man. There's this now, now you're making me think there's this one band that I featured on the, one of my episodes, uh, it's, Something in the jobbers and uh, and uh, some of the the some of the something oh, like you give me I'm gonna have to give give me a second here I'm actually gonna okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up because I know you're actually gonna love this band okay Dave Rocket and the Jobbers okay Dave Never Rocket and the Jobbers um yeah so like the I think uh the one one guy is Dave Rocket obviously and the other guy um the the other guys they all got like luchador masks on and they also okay. yeah yeah they have one song that's called uh. Uh, like hey yo and it's supposed to be like uh like the R- R- uh, ramon song but it's about razor ramon like the the oh, wrestler yeah. <laughs> no i feel like you would you would get a good kick out of that yeah i got i featured them on the, my new music of the month in june oh sweet yeah they're a super cool band oh yeah man i i love kind of digging into whatever i can Right on. Uh, so you're one of the founders of Press Time Design and Screenprint. Would you say that playing in bands before was kind of like the spark that started Press Time? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I don't think that I would have. It would have even been on my radar, really. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And and like even kind of like getting things off the ground was just the people that I met through being on tour. The people that I thought that I could at least kind of like reach out to all from the band because especially in the early days and even even now I still really consider us to be like a band shop mm-hmm. where we print a ton of band stuff um but yeah like we, we still do like other stuff like sports and businesses and that kind of crap too but it's mostly band stuff and it's 100 because of touring all that stuff um, I know that the first, or like what really got my interest going was the first time we ordered teas, I went down to the guy's basement to get them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is this place? <laughs> it stunk. And it was like, really like it, it, it sucked, but it was <laughs> awesome. I loved it so much. And I was like, just instantly into it. I started kind of like hanging out with them a little bit. And like, whenever I'd go there to get merch, I'd like stay for a few hours and, you know, we'd chill and hang out. And I, I, I did some modeling for him. Oh, nice. <laughs> as, as in like, he was, he was a guy who would sell uh, teas on eBay. Mm-hmm. It was, it was kind of a sick business operation, really. He would do like a, 
1989 ACDC live at the whatever t-shirt that was like a bootleg yeah but i think he would sell them as realties oh, like, okay this is actually like you i think he would lie and th- <laughs> this is in like dude honestly like 2002 so yeah. the internet was way more of like a wild west i'm sure it still is but back then you could kind of just like do whatever the hell you want yeah and uh yeah he was like making i don't know if this is true someone told me that he was making like 300k a year Wow. Selling bootleg shirts. Just bootlegs. Because they're, yeah, because they're going for like 80 bucks or 100 bucks. Uh, and he's freaking selling like tons of them. So I would be the guy that would like wear the shirt for the for the photo sometimes. <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that got me fired up on all that stuff. And um, then after that guy, there, there was another shop that was kind of close to it. It's called Sweatshop. Yeah. And I don't know if you know about him. His name is Joe Pilato. He okay. was printing for all the bands. So like all, all the Rose City bands you were talking about, Death Wish, Attack in Black, Snips, um, all, all those bands. And he was printing for some bigger bands too, like Alexis and stuff like that. Basically, right when I started, uh, Joe was like, I want to quit. And I'm like, oh, dude, this is perfect timing. Because I was kind of nervous about it. Me and Joe were friends. And I'm like, I don't want to mow your grass, man. Yeah but I really want to do this. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, dude, I hate it. I, I really want out. So like, it's all good. We're cool. I'll tell everybody to go to you. I'm like, thanks, man. <laughs> so yeah, that kind of really helped kick things off as well. And Joe would come, come show me stuff in the beginning, or I could call him when I'm, you know, in a fit of rage or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but he, yeah, he's always been there for me. And he's always been really cool cool to have around and even now we i still do work for him we still like print for his bands or you know he's if he's working somewhere he tries to throw us stuff so he's he's killer he's in that band fog of leprosy oh cool yeah yeah, yeah. i know that band he's the singer he was the singer of rise over run yeah know that band too too yeah and he has a new band they're called evil age Evil Age. Oh, I, I featured them on one of my episodes. I totally know that. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. He plays bass and sings in Evil Age. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. yeah. They just, they're pretty sure they just put out a track called Head in a Press. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's a badass. Uh, bootlegs are becoming pretty popular nowadays. I don't know if you've been like, they're, they're, they? yeah. Yeah. I've seen, you see, I see a lot of, uh, like, uh, these, like, depop sites or where you sell like your merch yourself kind of thing and like people are just making their like i saw someone someone just making their own like cky and like jackass merch which is like i mean it's cool but like it's also known as like it's sold as bootleg it's like i don't have rights for this um and it's cheap it's just kind (laughs) of just like i just wanted to make a shirt for a reason and people like it so yeah Yeah. it's it's becoming a little bit more popular now yeah well i gotta look into that because so you're obviously familiar with the Canadian band Gob. Yep. So my favorite punk record of all time is Gob, Too Late No Friends. It's their first full length. I think it came out like 92 maybe or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's pretty like sloppy and stuff, but it's so sick. It's just the best. <laughs> and uh, they have this shirt that came out in that era where it's just like a white shirt and it has like a blue toilet on it. Yeah says gob over it i'm like i want that shirt so bad they <laughs> never print it 
I think I'm just, I got to make myself. You just got to make one. I just got to do it. And hey, maybe I can just like get in touch with the band and be like, hey, why don't we sell them on this bootleg site? Boys? There we go. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can, uh, you know, split it all the ways. We can make money off this. Let's split, go. Yeah. yeah. Let's make some cash off toilets, man. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Hellbent's, uh, Hellbent's doing a gob cover. We're doing a, we're doing a cover of soda, obviously. You got to do. Oh, hell. <laughs> okay. So then I'm just preaching the choir here. You know all about it. Oh, yeah beauty <laughs> how, how old are you philly i'm just turned 31 holy yeah. just a fresh young man pretty fresh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh what are some of the other items that you could print at a uh, press time aside from clothing um posters and that that's kind of a funny thing is that like that's kind of where i planned on taking the biz right in the beginning Mm-hmm. Like I, I originally wanted it to be a silkscreen poster shop because I was like, I've always been obsessed with posters. Yeah. Like I just, my walls all growing up as a kid, I remember like being like eight years old and there not being one space of room on my wall because there's so many dirt bike posters. Yeah. And I've just always been into it. So when I got into screen printing, I was already kind of hit to the jive on the, um, the, I guess the collectability of screen printed posters. And I just thought they're so cool. I'm like, yes, I can make these for the band. It'll be so sick. And then once I got all the equipment, I was like, this ain't, this ain't poster stuff. This is t-shirt stuff. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'll print our tees then instead. And then it kind of developed for there. And like, I have an equal passion for it now, but it started out with like, let's make posters. So having said that after all these years, we do print posters again nice. and we're, we're getting pretty good at it, which is awesome because it's really different from not really different, but it's, it's different enough from printing a T that you've got to have a different setup, different inks, like different squeegee diameters and different uh, screen sizes and just basically a whole bunch of different stuff just to make it work. And we're back up and running with that. Um, which is super exciting. I always love when we get a poster job, even though they kill me to do because it's we, we do it manually. Right. And it's just like, usually they're big. So you're like, <laughs> breaking yourself. I had to do uh, 400 Silverstein ones about, it was for, they were doing like a, uh, a live stream thing. And I had to do 400 that had four colors. So technically that means 1600. Oh yeah, yeah. And I had to do it in uh, two days. I was like wrecked. I'm not even <laughs> kidding you, dude. For like two to three days after, I was like limping around the shop. And, like, <laughs> it was not, it was worth it, but it was because uh, they came out really sick. That's but right. It was like, whoo, baby. <laughs> Giving you the workout though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, for sure. Um, but we do uh, we do tons of stuff, man. We do enamel pins. We do one inch buttons. That's kind of how the company started. I was doing one inch buttons before I ever knew about what screen printing was. Mm-hmm. And then, so it kind of was a, a, a good transition to, to go from one to the other. Um, and the only reason we still do them is because of that. Yeah. But nice. <laughs> I, th- I think it costs us money to make them, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I'm like, we can never stop. It's we have to, we right. have to keep going. Um, yeah. That, banners we do all types of like embroidery stuff 
So, yeah, I mean, lately we've been really focused on trying to like hone in on what it is that we do because mm-hmm. there's a couple of years there where we're really expanding of trying to like get more things in our repertoire or work with this supplier to get our bands this or whatever. And now we've started to realize that we're good at a few things and maybe we should could really focus on doing those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's rad. Uh, do you guys also do in-house designs on commission, right? Big time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, we've been doing those for a good while and it's going great. Uh, so I don't know. Do, do you know Tony? Tony uh, like, like Tone? Yeah. I, like I know of him. I don't know him personally, though. Okay. Well, he's he's been like one of my best friends for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And he's been working at press time for the last eight years. But recently we decided that it would be cool, like, cause he really wanted to focus on doing designs. He wanted to like be creative. Like that's where he does best. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it, it's always been that way. Like he's just the idea guy, like just flowing out of him like crazy. So he's like, man, I really want to do designs. Cause his role at press time was more so managing, uh, creating separations for, you know, to make the screens just generally putting out fires, <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And he was like, damn, dude, I want to do this. So we have a, a new company called um, Quite All Right. I don't know if I'm supposed to announce this yet. Sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's basically like uh, a sister company to Press Time. And all of our stuff goes through there. And we we live in harmony. Right on. Yeah, man. That, that's cool. That's cool that you have like a, it, that makes sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah. Oh man. Especially for him too, just because he, he's just too creative. And the, the thing that he was like, really just like bogged down by was like almost like the daily grind mm-hmm. in some way of like, you know, it's not exactly, you know, super creative trying to figure out the schedule of which order we're going to print these shirts in today. Right. But me, on the other hand, I love that type of work. I think mm-hmm. it's great. It, it's like, I don't know, a comfortable space for me to do. So, yeah, so it's all good. Right on. So I'll be honest. I don't know you much outside of your old bands and your business, but I do know you're mm-hmm. quite the pizza connoisseur. Yes, sir. What are some of the best pizza in Niagara? We're talking from Welland all the way to Grimsby. Oh, bro, there is a whole handful. I know. Right now, have you ever been to the lock in Port Coburn? Nope, I haven't. Wood Fire Pizza. Those guys are my freaking boys, like so much. They're they're we met them because they're clients at, at press time. And the first time they came to get their stuff, I'm like, bring us some pies. <laughs> and they brought us pies and they were unbelievable. And now it's like my Friday ritual. Every Friday, I hit up the lock and order like five pizzas. <laughs> and they know it's me too. They're always like press time, right? just because of what I ordered, they have this pizza called the Roman where it's like, it's almost like an oval kind of, or, or like a rectangle and there's sesame seeds on the crust and a uh, cup and char pepperoni. And they put the sauce on top and it's freaking dynamite. So yeah. I love there. Obviously Rex is a big time classic. Yeah. Dude, get a little of this. They've been in biz since 1915. What? Really? In the same location. That's a long time. Dude, it is crazy. <laughs> That's over. 1915. Yeah. The Caracetta family has ran it since the get. I mean, I'm pretty sure. 
like since, since the get-go. Yeah, since the Titanic went down. <laughs> Is that the year it went down? Uh, I think it was 2012, to be honest, but oh, I don't know why shit. I know that. Well, you know all the good stuff, man. <laughs> you're, a, you're a Leo fanatic like me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, I love Leo. He's great. He's the best. He's fantastic. Did you see The Revenant? I didn't. That's the one, but I did. That's the one with him and the bear, though, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's so, so good. I had a panic attack in the movie. Really? Yeah. Like, and man, like, I, I'm like a huge horror movie fan. That's like basically my go to since I was a kid, all spooky stuff and horror movies and gore and blood and all that crap. And I, I knew that there's a bear. A, a bear attack scene i'm like okay whatever i don't care i watch all the stuff and then as it started to happen it was just so like real and visceral that like out of nowhere like i start sweating and my heart starts pounding out of my chest oh no and i start like getting like kind of like dizzy and woozy and my wife looks over and she's like what's wrong with you and i'm like i don't know I don't know. And I like got up like, you, you know, when you like walk like this, <laughs> I walked like that all the way to the bathroom, pulled down my pants, sat on the toilet, didn't do anything. Yeah. I just, I just sat there at the movie theater for like five, 10 minutes, got my life back together, Calm and down. came back and finished the movie, but it, it had never happened to me before. Like crazy. It just like, boom. So like, I've got this like love for this movie. I don't know. It's just like a big experience, man. Yeah. Not that panic attacks are great, <laughs> but like it was just a thing. And the movie is totally incredible. Leo won the Oscar for it. That's right. Should have won best picture. <laughs> I was like almost insulted that it didn't win best picture. I'm like, what possibly could then? <laughs> Do you remember you know? what did? Let's find out. It, it was something where I'm like, this is a bunch of malarkey right here. <laughs> so Leah won Best Actor. Best Cinematography was one. Best Director. Um, okay. Yeah, it should have won Best Picture. Yeah, I was checking all the boxes. What the heck, man? What? Okay, so 2016 Oscars. Um, but yeah, that movie is freaking incredible, dude. You've got to check that out. Yeah, I'm like six back. years late. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. Oh, okay. So Spotlight won Best Picture, I think. Spotlight. Yeah. Did you ever see that? No, I've never even heard of it. It's uh, it's kind of a dark movie. It's okay. I think it's about like the church hiding, you know, the bad priests and stuff. Okay. So it's like very like set in reality and you know dark dark stuff. Um, I, I think it was good, but it was like. The Revenant was like a real piece of like art. That that's why I felt like it should win. It, it was no Reverend. No, <laughs> right, <laughs> dude. The year before, sorry not to honk off on uh, movies, but the year before, the same director did the movie called Birdman. Oh, did you ever hear that? No. With uh, Michael Keaton. Oh, I like Michael Keaton. No, I've never seen that. Check that out too. That one, Best Picture, and it was done by the same uh, director. Okay. And that's one where I'm like, if this doesn't win, like the whole thing's friggin' rigged. <laughs> <laughs> because how, like, it's just like such an accomplishment, like such a, a kick ass movie. 
and it's all done in one shot the whole movie oh really yeah so it, it appears that way i think okay. it was broken down in like two or two or three max right. shots but it'll be like a shot where the camera goes like up into the dark and then when it comes out yeah but man th- these are like 20 and 30 minute takes that's insane it's so good, man. And, and it's just a great movie. Like, I, I'm not balling all over, like, the technicality of it. The movie's just awesome. Yeah. yeah so the, check that out. I'll have to check that out. Birdman? Yeah. It has a longer title. Uh, it's like Birdman in brackets, a whole bunch of other stuff that I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got Michael Keaton. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I should be able to find it. It has a ton, a ton of people. Michael Keaton, Zach Galifianakis. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Edward Norton. Emma Stone, tons more. Yeah, this sounds like something I would watch. Yeah, man, it's great. <laughs> what were we talking about? I'm sorry. We were talking about pizza, to... I think. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we got, went down the Leo rabbit hole. Did you, did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, that's the one about Charles Manson, though, right? Where are you at, son? <laughs> I don't find myself watching too many movies. I, like, uh, I, I watch a lot of TV. Okay, okay, that's cool. Lots of TV. Um, I'm watching a ton of like I'm, I think I watch like one movie a day only because it's kind of like my ritual I'll do all my work stuff usually I'll kind of like wind it down from working and stopping working around seven maybe I'll jam a little bit at home or like take the dogs for a walk and then nine o'clock is when I'm like okay rickshaw's done for the day <laughs> and that's when I like usually pop a movie out at the beginning of this year, when things were really into lockdown, I was watching, uh, I was doing the same thing. I was watching one movie a day, um, but I was, I was tackling franchises. So I was doing okay. like Indiana Jones and nice. like, because believe it or not, it had been until this year since I had seen Indiana Jones really? <laughs> and Star Wars. Okay. I haven't <laughs> seen Star Wars for like 20 years. Yeah. I went, and, or, and none of the new ones. Yeah. I've no, only I, seen the first three. I went, I you're not missing you, the good. Those are the good ones. Okay. Those are the good ones. But yeah. uh, yeah, I went through a, like a James Bond and the new James Bonds. I couldn't go oh. through them all. There's like 60 yeah. of them. Oh, there's way too many. <laughs> What's your favorite Bond, by the way, though? Um, Probably just Daniel Craig because that's the only one I've seen. But, okay, okay. but uh, Pierce Brosnan was like, he was, he sold it well. I don't know how yeah, well yeah. his uh, films did, but he was like the Bond when I was growing up. He was like oh, the golden yeah. eye, right? Yeah, he was my era Bond for sure. I haven't seen any of the Daniel Craig ones. I've seen like clips here or there where I'm like, that's probably pretty good. I Maybe I should watch those, but I've never actually seen them. Pierce Brosnan was like my, my era, but I still think Daniel Craig's probably better. <laughs> Pierce isn't tough enough. That's right. He's, he was just like, like he's handsome and he's British, but he's not like tough. That's it. He was just more. He was like a better looking Boston Powers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Less hairy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, lastly, before we get into some anecdotes with each other, uh, yes. you play in a Turbo Negro cover band called Robo Whore. Now, yes. correct me if I'm wrong. You're also a part of an international Turbo Negro fan club called Turbo Jugen. Did I get that right? Turbo Jugen. Jugen. Oh, the Jugen, J is, yes. J is silent. Uh, explain to me how one becomes a, ma- a member of Turbo Jugen and what's the uh, what it's like meeting other members outside of your chapter. It is a very long uh, process to get into the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, you have to go to the website. You got to sign up. You got to pay them a hundred bucks. 
then you're in. <laughs> Let's say that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's kind of sick, but like you do have to have, uh, I think there has to be four members for your chapter. Okay. So like anyone can start a chapter. The only thing is all the stuff. It should be like, no, no bad stuff. No bad no, stuff. Like no being hateful. None mm-hmm. of, like, obviously, like, why are you even listening to this band? <laughs> if you aren't or are, sorry. Um, so all you got to do is have like five people that you want to have in your chapter and then you guys just start it up and then it's going. So whenever you run into other people from other chapters, it it's pretty cool to be <laughs> totally honest with you. Everyone's like big time open arms, stoked to meet you. I don't know. I've never met like another Yugen member that wasn't like, hey, how are you? <laughs> so it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Like I would suggest anyone that is into the band to you can join the Rose City chapter if you want. Now, so was just to say, like, do you, did you have do you have a name for your chapter? You get to name it. Yeah, Ro, Ro, uh, we're the Rose City chapter, mm-hmm. um, and I, there might be two Rose City chapters. Uh, just like a different sure. Rose City. Yeah, like I don't want to name drop Chris O'Toole, but I will. <laughs> uh, remember that band keep it up yep he's the singer keep it up or was I, the singer keep it up yeah yeah, yeah. i but I, I can't find any of their tunes on the internet anywhere oh yeah <sighs> i've been Dude, looking for them i have extras of their seven inches their their bass player phil gave me some stuff <laughs> nice so i will give you some oh if perfect you let me know where you will be yeah, absolutely. I them to you. Uh, he, I think he, like Chris, has a Rose City chapter as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know for sure though, but I, I want to say that he does. Mm-hmm. So there could be two of them. But yeah, if you want to join, no problem. Uh, Tone, press time Tone is the president. Oh, so cool. all you got to do is clear it with him and you're in. <laughs> right on. Well, that's and awesome. And welcome with open arms. <laughs> Vegas Funeral presents My Son the Hurricane live at Phoenix Concert Theater in Toronto on December 16th with special guest Revive the Rose. My Son the Hurricane is a multi-horn, multi-drummer, multi-singer brass funk beast and they're beginning another world tour with a kickoff show in Toronto. Tickets at phoenixconcerttheater.com December 16th, My Son the Hurricane, Revive the Rose. Don't miss it.
anecdotes. Let's get into some anecdotes with these uh, with each other. Tell me some of the wildest stories you have from being in a band, whether it being on the road or in the studio or anything in between. Oh, dude, there are truly, truly like so many just because we were like we were trying to like do it. You know what I'm saying? Like we were hitting the road hard. I remember in some of our hardest touring years, we were out for like five months a year. And that is difficult when you're a band that books all of your own stuff Mm -hmm. um, has no following whatsoever. So all the shows basically suck and you don't get paid. So you have to spend all of your own money to live while you're on the road. Yeah. Like, you know, this, I I know like (laughs) it's, it's tough, man. Like you got to like save up all your money to cover rent and stuff while you're gone. And then you also have to like, you want to party and stuff while you're out there. So you're buying beer and you're buying food and it's uh, it's stuff. We used to do stupid stuff all the time where it'd be like, okay, we got a show offer in Montreal on a Thursday night. Well, let's go. We're doing it. Everyone <laughs> booked the next three days off work. We're going. Yeah. <laughs> and we would go. And this, this one time we went and we played with, uh, do you remember that band called the fully down? The fully down? No, I don't. Yeah. They were like a real, real good band, and they got signed to Fearless Records. Oh, and cool! They were like, uh, they were like, I would call them like pop punk Iron Maiden or oh, something. God. They would like they they had like that pop punk vocal kind of thing, but they were like Maiden uh, solos and Maiden harmonies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, we went and played with them on like a Sunday night in their hometown, which was Hull, which is right beside Ottawa. Okay. And we do the shows, great shows, super cool. And then a storm is like straight up brewing. We're like, oh shit. But back then we were really, really dumb. And like partying was our top priority. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We need to drink as much beer tonight as we possibly can. So of course we're like, no, we'll stay till freaking 3 a.m. We'll close out the bar. And we do. And when we get outside, it's like an absolute avalanche. But like two of the guys are like, well, I got to get home. I, I told my boss I'd be in on Monday morning. I got to go. We're like, all right, guess we're driving home. And it was like one of those times where you're like, you know what I mean? Like trying to stay in the tracks because of the snow. Yeah. Um, and at this point, our van was really, really old. We called it the the Club Woog, but it was, <laughs> it was a club wagon. <laughs> so the club Woog was just like so beaten and it didn't have heat anymore so we would light candles all around the van and what? <laughs> yeah candles and and i would keep those little tea light candles i would like tuck them into the toe of my shoe and like get my shoe really hot and put it back on and stuff like that <laughs> anyways we're cruising and um man like the whole time we're all like, man, this, this isn't going to go well for us. This isn't going to go well. <laughs> Next thing you know, it's like, whoa, right through a huge, uh, like one of those double banger signs, you know, like that says like highway, whatever. Yeah. Hammer that down, plow a tree over. And we're like way up in this, like went like down this huge ditch and up this ravine. And, oh, no. like, and as it's happening, all I was thinking was the insurance, the car insurance. <laughs> My dad scarred me. He's always like, oh, you put in a claim. You're going to, they're going to jack up your prices. Oh, you'll <laughs> never be able to afford. And that's all I'm thinking. As soon as I come to my senses, I'm like, oh my God, are we all good? Yeah. Everyone, everyone's like, yeah, dude, I'm fine. Everyone's fine. 
So we call CAA and do all that stuff, but they're like, yeah, the weather's way too bad. We're not coming up. And we're like, we're like, oh, so what should we do? They're like, I don't know, stay in your car, I guess. <laughs> so we, uh, we stayed in the car. And then I, I know that you're a Snips fan or a ceremonial fan. There's that one track on Check Your Audio called Ditch Slumber. Yeah. That's what it is. So we called it the ditch slumber and all night long we're singing the ditch slumber all this <laughs> stuff. And yeah, dude, it, it's like a bad or a scary memory, but it's also a good memory. Right. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're basically just like, there's nothing we could do. And then next morning a guy came and pulled us out and those guys that needed to be home were not home. They didn't, they didn't make it home. <laughs> they didn't make it. They did the old ditch slumber. They did the ditch slumber, man. But yeah, it's stuff like that that we would do like all the time. We were just making extremely stupid choices. <laughs> I love the candles. The candles. Yeah, man. Like <laughs> it was the only thing we could think of to heat that baby up. Yeah. What else are you gonna use? Hook some candles. <laughs> That's great. What about you guys? What 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 happens out there? Um, a lot of, uh, you know, Breezy's a pretty good driver. Uh, he, we haven't gotten any accidents like that. We've never done anything like that. I think we got, we ran into a flat tire when we went to, uh, when we ended up in, I think it was somewhere in New Brunswick. Yeah. You guys uh, are kind of road dogs, right? Yeah. Hellbent likes to do a lot of that. Center's done a bit of touring, but Hellbent's more, uh, like, yeah, like we plan out a lot of stuff. I I'm pretty good on the road like that. Like, and, uh, Nothing too catastrophe like that. Like I said, I think we got a flat in one city and just like had to call a CAA. I think we hooked the guy who was at the CAA. Uh, I think we hooked him a couple beers and he hooked us up like a, like a nice. new tire. Like, he, like you know, we, we haven't had, you know, I guess knock on wood, um, but uh, <laughs> haven't had uh, too much trouble like that on the road. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And that's good stuff too, man. Like it's good to avoid the, uh, the close to death accidents if you can yeah absolutely if you can yeah <laughs> dude li- listen to this too I-, I was thinking about it because um because you're like man like th- think about like a story or two and i was like okay i have so many like honestly there's like we only because all the guys in the band are still friends so we still reminisce about this crap every once in a while mm-hmm. and man there's this one night where it was like truly scary for me we were playing in Cambridge or you know something dumb like that like not our hometown just some Mm -hmm. other town but at that time we were kind of like picking up a bit of steam Mm -hmm. where we would like certain cities we would show up to like Windsor for example there'd be like 200 kids to see us wow like holy shit and other places like that it was like bleeding over like Brantford there'd be like 150 kids we're like this is crazy and we did this show in Cambridge there was like probably a hundred kids at this. I think it was like a fire hall or something like that. We, we would always play halls back then, mm-hmm. like very rarely bars. It was always be like some other kid would rent a hall and we'd go and play. Um, and we played this one hall and like, I could tell that things were kind of like taking a shit a bit out in the crowd where I'm like, things seem a little like violent or something like, I feel like the there, there's like a group of like jock dudes or something for lack of a better term. And then a group of other guys who I could tell that they were just like not digging on each other that much. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I almost felt like the, like the, 
the bandager or whatever. Right. So I'm like, boys, like, let's pull the plug here. Like we had like three songs left and I'm like, let's not do it. I don't think that this is going to go good. So the band agrees. They're all like, yeah, yeah. It seems a little fucked out there. (laughs) And then when we're like, okay, that was our last song. The whole crowd is like, no, one more, one more. Give us one more song. And we're like, all right. Right. <laughs> we'll give you another song then because they were like really really wanting it we're like okay yeah and um of course we play like our most aggressive song <laughs> ever <laughs> it just like comes in like just like as fast as it possibly it's just like our hardest song and like right off the hop like 10 seconds in it's like huge like 20 person fight Oh no. Literally. Like when you see in a movie, when you look into like the crowd of a ride or something and everyone is just like, (laughs) like that's exactly what it was. So like, you know, 20 seconds into the song, we're like, okay, stop, stop, stop (laughs) again. But the fight just continues. And these guys just like needed us to like light that wick. (laughs) Yeah. And I felt so stupid after, but I'm like, well, it seemed like you really wanted just to hear another song, but <laughs> obviously that's me being naive. But yeah, these guys were going so hard. And of course, we're all getting in there trying to break it up. And we do, and everything calms down. But like, I hear this kid screaming. I hear like a, oh, oh, like he's screaming at the top of his lungs. And I look over at him and he's holding his hand like this. And I'm not even kidding you, Phil. His hand looked like like a chicken talon like a a chicken's claw like this part of his hand was like broken off Uh not off it was like this whole these two fingers were like clunked down yeah and this one was like bent like back so his hand was absolutely mangled (laughs) (laughs) i will never forget it i'm like oh boy this guy's in big trouble oh yeah (laughs) yeah his his boy his friends just like take him out of the place and i never see him again i never hear about it ever again but i'm like i hope that guy's all right man because it was gnarly yeah he's not going to be writing cursive for the next couple of days (laughs) (laughs) next couple of years he just went straight to one finger typing yeah well yeah 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 when when he when he when he uses his phone he uses the voice to text Oh, big time. <laughs> oh, that poor guy, man. Like, I don't know how it happened. I don't know what the deal was, but I'm like, bro, you got mangled tonight. <laughs> yeah, you, you check that one off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's your go-to gas station snack? Go-to gas station snack? I don't know. Oh, not- Ringolos. Nice. I do love Ringolos, um, but my favorite chip is the Miss Vicky sea salt and malt vinegar. Oh my God. That's one of my favorite chips too. Dude. It's my favorite chip period. And uh, my wife is like, would you like mix it up ever? You're so boring. (laughs) I know what I like. Yeah. You know how it is. That's great. I love it. So uh, a little hell of a good dip. Hell of a good dip is so good. It's not just a catchy name. I know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's one of the best gigs you guys have ever played uh, in any of your bands? Oh boy, man. There's so many. Um, I played, so there was a show at the Phoenix that I played like two years ago Mm -hmm. and I I was like nervous for it because we had never played. It was sold out. I'm like, okay, this show is going to be sick. So 
I, I was nervous because we'd never played like an indoor venue that big that we knew was going to be full of people. So I'm like kind of like pacing before we go on and I'm super nervous. Then we go on and we kill it. Like we just like rock it. And I come off being like, that is how you do it. Yeah. And it just like felt so good. You know, like it, it would have sucked if we would have went up and just blew it. Then all of like my fears would have been coming true <laughs> and they all would have been like warranted, you know? Right. But this was like, we just went up and smashed it. And it was so great. Um, last Snip Show was really good too. Was that at Club R- Richelieu? Yeah. Club yeah, Richelieu. I was there. I was there. Were you? Yeah. Thanks, Philly. um yeah dude that show was so great and listen to this like this is just a super quick story so our the drummer of the snips uh fuller he was like uh he he like took it seriously like not in like a bad way we all we all were trying to take it as seriously as we could Mm -hmm. but like if you screwed up he would be kind of bummed at you like oh man like you kind of like really missed the chorus in that song or whatever (laughs) and he'd be pissed and especially he'd be pissed if he got too drunk to play okay it was almost like one of the straws that broke the camel's back was like tone got absolutely destroyed for a show that we did at uh this ain't hollywood mm-hmm. and he was so drunk that he like he couldn't like he couldn't function to like he didn't know what song we were doing <laughs> okay and he would just be like playing along and it's like that ain't it <laughs> so fuller was like extremely upset with him after that and i feel like that was like him being like yeah I- i'm out mm-hmm. i'm not doing this anymore kind of thing and i think that's when tone was kind of like i'm cool with that yeah you want to call it then and then the rest of us just went with it so last show this is what i was going to get to fuller the guy who would chew out everybody for years on end <laughs> not me he was always good he never chewed me out that's that's probably because i was just straight killing it right <laughs> <laughs> uh but he got he got like i can't he he couldn't even stand drunk for our last show our biggest headline show that we had <laughs> ever done we sold like over 800 tickets to the show and the place is packed out and he can't even walk and i'm like <laughs> all throughout the show I'm, I'm super mad at him like you asshole like if anybody shouldn't do this it's you like i just thought that he was being such a jerk and then as soon as we are done i'm like that's so snips fashion good for you <laughs> i love it that, that's and great. now thinking back like i love it it's it's great like i love that he did it it's exactly what we should have done that's how you send us off yeah this this guy that is just like he was like a a friend and like fan of the band that played drums he like just jumped up and played like the last two songs (laughs) because he couldn't do it i'm like at the time i was pissed but like man i swear as soon as the set was over i'm like actually that's sick (laughs) that's great yeah because at that last show you guys did two different sets you did the ceremonial snips and then you did the snips because they were essentially at the they were treated as two different bands Big time. Yeah. yeah. Um, they should have been named differently. It's just that um, I don't know. Like I felt like maybe we, we were just chugging along so much with the ceremonial snips, but then when Podio left the band, we were like, we've got to change, but like, maybe we were like scared to like fully make, I don't know. We just kind of like morphed it into just the snips. 
That's what everybody called us anyways. So. Yeah, I was just gonna say that's what everyone called the, the sniffs, anyways. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I don't now. I asked actually Shiko this. Now maybe yes. you could, could confirm this. Do you ever remember a festival going down at is it Club Richelieu? Is that what it is? Richelieu. Richelieu. Do you ever yeah. remember a festival going down there called Scumfuck Fest? Yes. Yeah. Okay. See, see, I wasn't yes. sure. See, I asked Chico and he wasn't even sure if that was like, he said that rings a bell. And uh, like, that was like one of the big things that I went to, like I was in grade eight that year. And uh, I, I think I, that was one of the first times I even smoked weed that was there. Like it was like, nice. I was, you know, like pretty young <laughs> and like, uh, yeah. So I, I was just, I definitely wanted to confirm if that was a real thing. Scum it, fuck fest. Yeah, it absolutely is. There's this guy, I'm pretty sure it's put on by this guy, Corey. I can't remember his last name. Sorry if you ever see this, Corey. I can't remember your last name. <laughs> um, but him and like, uh, do you know Burger? No. Like Burger, he's the drummer of TV Freaks. Okay. Okay. Uh, he's pretty much like the best guy on two legs. <laughs> I've got, he, he's the best. But him, he was in a band with that Corey guy. Who knows which band? Burger had a whole bunch of bands. All, all punk, all kick ass, like right from the get go. But they had like a, a big time obsession with Gigi. Yeah, okay. So that's why it was called Scumfuck Fest. Scumfuck Fest. And I'm pretty sure that it was like in honor of Gigi, the festival. <laughs> cool. You know what? I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think he played in the band at that time in that show, The Deli Boys. And oh, he was in The Deli Boys, so probably. Yeah, and like they would like squirt mustard on stage and stuff, like <laughs> throw cold cuts and hot dogs into the crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm remembering this correctly because like it sometimes feels like a fever dream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, so if you're at the level of Metallica, so you're up at the you're the rock star. What is the rock? You're Lars. What is the rock star dream rider when you show up to the arena? What is in the green room waiting for you if you're at the level of Metallica? I'm all about the food, man. To be yeah. totally honest with you, if I was on Metallica's level, it, I would be like, and I'd probably get over this too, but I'd be like, I want fine dining every night. Bring it in. I want the best. The best <laughs> the city has, bring it to me. Whatever that is, I don't care. If it's seafood italian whatever it is bring me the best because y'all got chefs here bring me the good stuff would and you... i'm sure i would get sick of that and want taco bell <laughs> after a while but... yeah <laughs> but that's you... for sure what i'd be about yeah would you play any video games or anything like that i'm not much of a gamer no not me neither am i i'm way more of like a fuck around guy okay <laughs> so like when when we're at shows or something usually i'm kind of like causing a bit of mayhem like all harmless stuff but you know just annoying my bandmates or like wrestling or toying around or like I'm, i've never been one to like just like sit there and like game away <laughs> why do you want video games in your rider uh no i would probably get a few video games i'm more of a nintendo guy just because i don't know if it's just they're just simplicity they're like kind yeah. of like the, the disney of video games i don't really like to you know that's that's pretty much how it is but yeah no, I, I i would probably have definitely some sick food i would probably just get taco bell now that after you yeah. mentioned it i love taco bell <laughs> me too i love taco <laughs> bell so much but I, I love all kinds of foods man so i and for sure i'd be like every single night the best pizza that that city has yeah even if i don't get around to eating it i want one in the room 
case I do. <laughs> exactly. You just got to see how they do it there. Even if you're in somewhere where they not necessarily pizza isn't their you know, strong point, you still want a pizza from that area. You got to try Bring it, it in. Bring it in. <laughs> That's great. Uh, what are some of your, actually, this is a big one. What are your five or top five artists of all time? Top five artists oh, of any boy. genre. Well, see, I no effects has to be number one. And that's it. just because they had the biggest impact on me. Like I don't really listen to them all that much, mm-hmm. but like they, they like absolutely rocked and changed my world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They were that band. Um, GNR. I mean, again, GNR is not a band that I've listened to in ages, but like they were, they were my first tape. Well, yeah. they were my first tape I bought with my own money. I had some like Columbia house tapes before that, mm-hmm. like soul asylum something else <laughs> um and then i uh yeah dude i got that that tape appetite and it just like blew me away i wore that thing out nice up. and that same day me and my brother were both he got a cd player for christmas i still had my little tape player so i had to get a tape he had to get a cd <laughs> and that same day he got master of puppets oh cool so like we were living the dream. Yeah. Uh, rocking Mortal Kombat all day, cranking freaking <laughs> puppets and uh, appetite. And it was incredible. So like those two bands are on there. Boston's were a huge, huge turning point for me. They were like pretty much once I discovered punk and the first band that I would say that I discovered in punk was Boston's mm-hmm. and they just like blew me away. And then no effects took it like one step further. I'm like, holy moly and then once i got onto like the punk train that was in probably grade six i i just kind of never looked back like <laughs> my my musical taste is not eclectic i would i had this moment where i thought that i was into like a bunch of stuff and i went through like a bit of an indie rock phase and stuff like that but it like circled back where i'm like no no i only like punk and hardcore i see <laughs> it's the only it's it's the only stuff that like can give me goosebumps or whatever. Like Tony will be playing like Adele at work. And I'm like, he's like, Oh my God, touches me on my soul. And I'm like, (laughs) nah, check out this track from pain of black. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I'm not feeling the goosebumps. (laughs) Like, well, you're not listening close enough, but yeah, like for sure. Those three bands, I I think that I'm mostly talking about influential bands Mm -hmm. because like favorites is so hard. They change often. Yeah. Yeah. And like uh, the, the other one that is just so crucial is Weezer because of Weezer blue, Weezer blue. Going back to one of your other questions, best show of my life, hands down. We did a Weezer cover set. Snips did Weezer cover set. And it was like a moment that all all five of us and we had our other our friend sparky play uh like all the acoustic parts actually burger played harmonica nice um and that show we all came off stage being like if that was my last show i'd be cool with it like cool i feel like i can die now that was freaking amazing it was like one of the first times that we like felt like a real band Mm -hmm. just because the entire room when we started playing erupted like the whole place bananas every single person knew every word it was just like i'm getting tingly kind of thinking about it yeah it was so so amazing i want to do it again but i also don't want to like 
tarnish that memory or something. There's no sure. way it can be that good. No way. Did you catch uh, Weezer when they came through? Uh, it was like Riot Fest a couple of years back where they just played the Blue album in its entirety. I'm so stupid. Oh. I've never I've never seen them. Oh, like that's the I, I think I've seen them one other time, but that was the time. And I was like, I felt the same way. I was like, you know, like, I don't know if I never need to see Weezer ever again. They played it in order, too. So, like, you know exactly which song's coming up next. Yeah. You're like, oh. look at your buddy. You're like, yeah. Oh, dude, I'm, I cannot believe that I didn't do that. Like, it's so stupid. Why didn't I do that? <laughs> Phil, why didn't I do that? I don't know. Why didn't you? Because I'm stupid. <laughs> I should have, man. There's this other band that I am like, they have one record that is like out of this world amazing. I'm sure tons of people would chirp me for it. They're called Say Anything. Have you heard of them? I love Say Anything. Okay. So the first record, right? Yeah. Dude. Yeah. It, it is so good. And and they, like, just before they broke up, they did a full Is a Real Boy tour. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think I'm going to go. And then on the day of, I'm like, ah, didn't oh, go. Oh, no. <laughs> Again, like, I'm some type of ignoramus because, like, I knew I regret not going. And yeah. Damn. That's a rough one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, say anything's a great band. Uh, are, did you say they broke up? I didn't know they broke yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. They did a, their last record was on Dine Alone. Mm-hmm. And they did it, like, I want to say, like, two years ago. And Max, the singer and songwriter, guy who records everything, I think, except for the drums, he was just like, yeah, that'll be done. After really? this, I'm going to put out this record. There's going to be no touring. Here's the record. That's it. Wow. I didn't know that. But I I bet he'll be back. Like, yeah. if he doesn't come back, he'll be back. He'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Of course he will. He's one guy. All he's got to do is put a band together. Yeah. So he's good. <laughs> well, Ricky, I think we're going to end it there. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this for me. Uh, where can the listeners find all the social medias? And if there's anything else you have left to plug or give a shout out to, now would be the time. Um, so at Press Time Design is all of our stuff, like on uh, Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. Um, PressTimeDesign.com is a website. I don't know. Like I, I don't have a whole lot to plug other than a slice in my mouth. <laughs> so, but I, I really do appreciate you, uh, you having me on here, man. It's, it's super cool what you're doing. And like, you, you really are working for the scene and that's exactly what it takes to propel a scene forward. It needs to have people like you that are working for it, that are moving it forward in a, in a positive direction and trying to help those around them because that's what a scene is. Thanks, homie. I really appreciate that. Dude, big time, man. Keep that up. You, you got to keep it rolling. Hell yeah. And uh, although Ricky's not in a band at the moment right now, he is a big fan of the band D-Boy. So we're going to end the show with a D-Boy tune. Uh, why do you only love a D-Boy? And in bracket, who's down? Take it easy, Ricky. You too, Philly. One, two, three, four. You want a demon with a bleeding heart? Now fight a cop just when you stop down. They want a demon who is down. Uh. You want a demon who is wild and free? While standing tall, standing tall, standing down. They want a demon who is down. Uh. Now I never really only know a demon who's down. Why you, why you, why you only ever 
so much for listening to this week's episode of Banecdotes. That was my conversation with Ricky Pridmore, and he is one of the head honchos that makes it happen at Press Time Screen Print and Design. So if you have any shirts in mind and you want to get uh, you know shirts printed, or if you want a design done up, uh, hit up Press Time. They'll make it happen. They do it good there. Uh, here's a secret for you. All the Banecdotes shirts that we just recently made, they were done by the nice folks at press time there, so uh, I can vouch for them. I can I can attest to that. Uh, they they do it great. Uh, and of course, uh, since Ricky isn't in a band right now, uh, we just uh, played one of his favorite bands from uh, the area. They've been known to play the area quite often. Uh, they go by the name of D Boy. They are the great three piece band. Uh, we got the show started off with a song of theirs called Nowhere Man. Uh, and that's off their first record, Live in Belém. Uh, and then in the middle there, we played Scavengers of Love. And then at the end there, we played Why Don't You Only Love a D-Boy? And in brackets, Who's Down? And both those songs are off of New Records and Human Power, which is D-Boy's latest record. Right on, folks. I'm going to get out of here. D&D was canceled this weekend. Uh, however, I'm still going to hang out with the, the DM the, the Delinsky master, that's what they call him. Actually, no one's ever called him that. I've just called him that for the first time here. Uh, him and I are going to go uh, hit hit the flea market. And uh, you know what? I'm going to try and convince him to go to sushi because I want to hit up some sushi. Right on, folks. I'm out of here. Take it easy. <laughs>